1: Building a stronger financial foundation? Good plan. Northwestern Mutual's guide to good financial planning can help you balance spending and saving,
0: set goals, and start creating the life you want to be living. You'll learn how the tools in your financial plan reinforce each other to help you minimize taxes and offset potential
1: risks. Grow your confidence by strengthening your finances today at northwesternmutual.com slash good plan. The Northwestern Mutual Life Insurance Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Means that the number one pick in the
0: 2021 NBA draft goes to the Detroit Pistons.
1: Who's got the number one pick in this year's the draft? Detroit! Who's got the number one pick in this year's draft? Select Isaiah Stewart.
0: The Detroit Pistons select Killian Hayes. Sadiq, that
1: was absolutely sensational. I don't know what went into that process. I met the criteria to be selected,
0: but I wasn't.
1: From long range. Oh! Yes! yes! Detroit Basketball! What is going on, Pistons fans? Welcome back to another edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast, brought to you by Believe. Aaron Johnson here with you. Joining me is Jasper Apollonia. Jasper, the Pistons coming in. Uh, Coming off of an exciting regular season opener, a win at home against the Orlando Magic, a 113-109 win. The Pistons were three and a half point favorites. They covered barely, but they covered kind of uh, sticking with the trend of last season, even though most of the time when the Pistons were covering last year, it was because they were the dogs, not the favorites in the matchup. But an exciting win for Detroit. I'm sure you're ready to talk about it, but how are you doing today?
0: I'm doing great, man. Uh, Really fun, fun win for the Pistons last night. Great way to start open the season. Uh, We're sorry we don't have Mike. Uh, We thought we were going to have him. Uh, We were hoodwinked, bamboozled, and led astray. However, you and me are both here. And, uh, I mean, Aaron, honestly, I've been racking my brain all day. I don't even know where to start with this win because there's so much to talk about from last night's game. Uh, A ton of positives. Definitely some negatives, uh, but I, I mean, I think we should probably start with the headlines. And I think the headlines are all about Jalen Duran and Jaden Ivy today, aren't they? Both of those guys just looked great last night. Uh, both had some kind of up and down preseason. We weren't 100% sure if Jalen Duran was quite going to be ready coming into this game. Uh, coming into this beginning of the season. But boy, he sure looked ready last night. Uh, so did Jaden Ivey. They were both in their own pretty unique ways, almost impossible for the Magic to stop. Uh, Jaden Ivey had 19 points, uh, second leading scorer for the Pistons. He had four assists, three rebounds, three steals. He was a blur on the court. And then Jalen Duran coming in with the second unit, 14 points, three blocks, 10 rebounds, and an assist. Uh, some absolutely fantastic defense across the board from him as well. Aaron, I, I mean, what did you think about the Pistons' two new acquisitions from this offseason? There were some other acquisitions that also had big games, but those two rookies in particular, how did you feel about the Jaden, uh, Ivy, and Jalen Durant experience?
1: Yeah, they, they, they stole the show. I mean, the rookies were, were phenomenal, and The numbers, the efficiency proved it, the highlight plays that they made uh, in an arena that was so loud, so energetic. We heard from so many people at the game that, you know, this was one of the best atmospheres for a Pistons game that they've ever been a part of. Everybody showed out last night for this game. And I think, you know, seeing those two excel the way that they did, I mean, it's, Now, it's not a question that they jumped off the screen more than anybody else on the Pistons' side of the floor. It was really a a great game for all three of the top rookies in this matchup. I mean, Paolo Bencaro, a 27-point outing, he was (laughs)
0: phenomenal as well. And that that poster, he put Corey Joseph on in transition. My goodness. What a way to enter the league, am I right? Whoa. Yes, he he was everything –
1: as advertised, but more, I mean, he was, he was special. And I want to talk about all of that stuff before we really get into it, though, we should talk about our sponsor bet online, Bet online is back and it remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season, as well as basketball. I don't know about you, Jasper. I had a parlay out there last night. I lost it by a rebound tough, but I love basketball betting. But on, at Bet Online, you'll find the latest odds, matchup info, players' news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, NBA, NFL, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag. To join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit, make sure to use our promo code BLEAV to receive your awards. Bet online where the game starts. Like I mentioned at the uh, beginning of the show, the Pistons covered their covering machines dating back to last Mm -hmm. year. They did it again uh, yesterday in a win against the Magic I lost my parlay by one single rebound. I'm not gonna cry about it. I'm glad basketball is back. I love betting basketball. I think it's very fun to do, and I'll be doing it all throughout the year uh, with
0: Bet Online. Same here, Aaron. I opening night. I had a ten leg parlay that I lost by one L Horford rebound. I had him at five and a half rebounds. He got five exactly. It was uh, that was that was pretty tough. I can't lie, that was a, that was a tough one on opening night. But you know what? The games have been great so far, and I'm definitely going to keep on throwing money on these Pistons to cover. Last night, I think showed a lot of both the upside and downside with this team. Right? I, I think we should kind of we obviously the rookies were the highlight, but we should kind of go through the game a little bit because the Pistons started off doing all the things we were terrified of them doing during this preseason. Uh, They started off with just some of the worst defense I've seen in a second. Um, You know, they had three great plays to open up the game, start off with three scores and Jaden Ivey got his first points for the first bucket of the first Pistons game of the season on a beautiful cut to the basket. Uh, Cade Cunningham found him knew exactly where he was and, ivy just finished that thing no problem and that's obviously one of the things that we're so excited about him is that he has that off ball cutting ability uh you saw it from the very first play of the game but then the pistons before you knew it halfway through the uh the the first quarter they were down 22 to 6 aaron uh i'm sorry 21 to 6 uh and and it was pretty gross and then jalen duran and killian hayes came off the bench and things turned around didn't they uh, I, I thought that the additions of Hayes and Duran uh, into that lineup completely changed the game from a defensive perspective. We saw the downside of that lineup from an offensive perspective later on in the third and early fourth quarter. But defensively, those two guys were game changers coming in. i'm I'm gonna push
1: back a little bit there. I think the game really, and this is this is ironic because, I've certainly had a lot of things to say about this player uh, throughout his time. But I think the game really started to change its tone when Corey Joseph entered. I mean, he rattled off a pair of three-pointers, Those eight are huge. points to really just ignite an offense that was miserable. It was an offense that salvaged just 17 points in the first quarter. And, like, yes, Duran came in and had some really nice plays defensively. His outburst really came... Once Corey Joseph came in, and then later on, he had a huge fourth quarter. I mean, I think he had nine points and five rebounds alone uh, in the fourth quarter. But I, I actually think Corey Joseph was what ignited the Pistons. And that being said, that second quarter for Detroit, where they put up 40 points, I, I, I they looked like a, a brand new team. It looked like what was advertised of some of the changes coming for for this group that you know they weren't going to be the same team as as they were last year and in the first quarter they looked like they were playing you know last year's brand of basketball they just weren't getting good looks they were you know going late into the shot clock without finding anything the offense looked bland it looked stale it looked stagnant but things really changed in the second quarter. I'm going to give Corey Joseph a lot of props for that. And I'll give the newcomer, Boyan Bogdanovich, a lot of props for helping continue that. Really, he was stellar throughout the night. But that third quarter for him uh, was huge. He he was great. I, I, I think the rookies deserve... So much props for the way that they came in. I mean, hey, remember last year, Kate Cunningham's debut, he really, really struggled. You know, two points, never really found his flow in the game. Uh, And that just wasn't the case for either of Detroit's rookies. Ivy was comfortable right off the bat. You could see his speed, his athleticism, his fearlessness going at the rim, all of that evident right away. I mean, Hey, he was the guy that got the Pistons on the board first uh, in that ugly first quarter for them. And he just really did his thing throughout the night. Looked like he had been playing in the NBA for four or five seasons and was very, very comfortable in his shoes. And and Jalen Duran, uh, I keep going back to him, but I'm absolutely stoked that that he's looking like he's ready to contribute at, on a nightly basis. As an eighteen year old. I mean, he's the youngest player in the NBA. The stat yesterday was he was the youngest piston in franchise history to record a double double. Uh or it might have been recorded double double on opening night and then like the second youngest piston to I, no, I no, know. no, the youngest. The,
0: youngest. the youngest piston ever to record the a double double. Yeah. It, not played. even nineteen. Incredible.
1: Yeah, it makes me feel really bad because I'm sitting here at twenty two and
0: I've done absolutely nothing compared right. to Jalen Duran. I just, I
1: just host the podcast.
0: Try being 29 and also hosting the same podcast, Aaron. (laughs) Uh, So no, I mean, look, I, I agree with you. I, I thought the rookies were obviously the highlight and I'm glad you said Bogdanovich because he was, I mean, that late second quarter into the third quarter, he was massive. He started off the game six of seven from three. He made some really good plays outside of just his shooting though. Uh, He, you know, he had that that sequence where he drew an offensive foul then comes back down, hits an open three. Uh, He was he was great. And you see exactly what he brings to this team. Uh, You know, I, I know you gave Corey Joseph a lot of credit and I agree with you. Those back to back threes he hit were absolutely tremendous for Detroit just to get them back into the game offensively. But I don't agree with you that he was the sole reason for it. Pistons were in real danger of getting blown out from the first quarter on. And, and you know, that the first quarter obviously is, you know, teams put up big leads in the first quarter and then they evaporate all the time. But the problem was that team was not playing defense. They looked just as bad as they did in the preseason. The switching wasn't working. Jalen Suggs was getting what he wanted. Paolo was just overpowering. I I w I don't want to say that beef stew had a bad game. I thought he had an okay game. Um, but Jalen Duran was definitely more impressive. Uh, I, I really think, though, the difference came when Killian Hayes and Jalen Duran came into the game and were able to just slow things down defensively. The Pistons weren't getting slaughtered in transition like they were halfway through the first quarter. They were giving up so many easy buckets, so many second-chance opportunities. And Jalen Duran being able to come in there and get some rebounds – and killian hayes coming in there and being able to slow down the guards a little bit that's what allowed them to get into a position where a couple of threes could put them right back into that game and like i said earlier you saw the downside of it in the third quarter because that's also a lineup that does not have a lot of offensive power firepower you love that Jalen duran can give killian hayes that lob threat but Let's be real, without Alec Burks and without Isaiah Livers right now, that second unit is offensively a real, real problem for this team. They need somebody who can break down guys off the dribble, who can present a more uh, volume-like outside presence than Corey Joseph can, and they certainly need somebody like Isaiah Livers to just put it all together for defense and offense. I'm thinking about Jalen Duran and Isaiah livers right now as my backup front court. I'm feeling real good about that. Um, And yeah, I look, we don't have to talk about him a ton today, but I do want to give Killian Hayes some credit for doing Killian Hayes things. He had an amazing block last night. He had three steals Uh, opponents shot 16% against him last night. And that was huge because that second unit had to solidify the defense um, and then when the starters came back in, I think you saw them kind of get back into it a little bit more on that and gave up less transition opportunities for me. That was the turning point of the first half. Yeah. I mean, Killian had some nice plays defensively um,
1: and he moves the ball. He moves the ball. Like that is something that the second unit needs, but we can't ignore the fact that he was one of nine from the field. And Kevin Knox was one of eight from the field. You, know, you can't have, guys you know taking a high volume of shots i mean both those guys took more shots than sadiq bay who's someone we probably should talk about here shortly sure um but killian hayes you know one and nine from the field and it to me you know i look at that and yeah like i know killian hayes is going to come in and do certain things but if he can't consistently be a threat to score the ball it's it's going to be hard for him to be out on the court a ton especially when Alec Burks comes back. And if Corey Joseph is playing, you know, something similar to the way that he played in his minutes, uh, I, I want to see Killian Hayes out there. I thought he was turning a corner in preseason, but the, the offensive performance from him yesterday, you know, he took a, a three three-pointers, didn't really come close on any of them, went inside a couple times, got blocked, airballed a layup. Like, yeah, but- I know he's going to give me defense. I know he's going to move the ball. But sooner rather than later, there has to be a higher standard for him to be a threat to score the ball, and and the same thing goes for Kevin Knox, who really the only reason he, he he's ever going to need to be on the court is because he is a theoretical floor spacer, he's a theoretical shooter, and he was one of six from beyond the arc last night. So you know, I think getting Alec Burks back, I think getting Isaiah Livers back is going to be huge for this second unit, and I I, I talked about it yesterday. Uh, just, you know, in, in a tweet, I, I was talking about how the Pistons' second unit right now, the one that they had to use yesterday, was so incomplete, and it lacked so many options offensively. It really didn't have a score in that second unit. And, and getting, really, Burks and, and Bagley back will give them some some go-to scoring options, uh, yeah. You know, both inside with Bagley and on the perimeter with Burks. I think that will help them. I think getting Isaiah Livers to space the floor, communicate defensively. I mean, I look at what what Livers and Duran can do, and I, I'm on 100% agreement with you uh, in that regard. Those two managing that 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 defense uh, in the second unit, Ooh. that's an inci- exciting to me. Uh, the second unit was definitely underwhelming overall yesterday outside of, of Corey Joseph's first half and, and Jalen uh performance,
0: at least for me. But Aaron, you see how it works. Like once you get back Burks, you can see how this second unit can work because you don't have to ask Killian Hayes to take nine shots. You know what I mean? If he can continue to give you a, but he's the best defender, I think, on this roster. I I don't think there's much question in my eyes right now that overall he's their best defender and he's their their second best passer still. So, I mean, he was plus six last night. So I, I think that once you get back Burks, once you get back Livers and Bagley, it doesn't matter so much that he can't score. And I don't want to talk about him too much, um, but I thought the fact that he and Durin were plus six and plus seven, respectively, last night while they were on the floor, I thought that was indicative of what they brought to the team. And the thing I was most impressed about with Durin, zero personal fouls. Yeah. None. Really. Uh, and, and, and he was contesting at the rim with some great physicality, too. He had, like, back-to-back plays where he went up on, uh, I think it was Wendell Carter Jr., and he had one on Wagner too, that were just fantastic. Arms up, not moving his body, uh, just completely chest to chest. That was like uh, amazing. You know, you said it a couple days ago, and I kind of pushed back on it then, but you know what? Andre Drummond. There's a lot of, of good Andre Drummond in his game, especially with the physicality and the rebounding and the energy um, I, I thought that that was great. The transition poster he had as well was fantastic. Um, yeah, d- nothing but good things to say about Jalen Durin. He obviously needs more work. He's going up against a, a, still a pretty young front court in Orlando. I think he's going to have more trouble when it comes to the slower, more methodical guys who can get him into foul trouble. Um, but yeah, I mean, great stuff from Jalen Duran and that's that from a fan perspective is what you want, Right. Like, you want a reason to go into this year feeling good. And having the first game go the way it did, I think for fans, it's a reason to be like, okay, even if they're not going to win a ton of games this year, they're going to be fun, they're going to be exciting, and you can see where the future is with those two guys, especially. Even though Kate Cunningham, I think we should talk about him a little bit, did not have his greatest game. Yeah, Kate didn't have his greatest
1: game, and he still finished with 18 points and, and 10 assists. Uh, he's just, I, I, I feel like he's a guy that comes on slow, but ends up finishing strong. And he had the majority of his scoring came in the second half. Majority of it really came in the fourth, late third in the fourth quarter when he made a couple threes, got to the rim a couple times. He wasn't phenomenal, but he didn't have to be. Uh, I think, you know, you look at what Ivy gave them offensively. You look at what Duran was giving them offensively, and Bogdanovich's ability to just shoot the ball, make some shots. I mean, hell, Kate Cunningham doesn't play with a lot of guys. At least he didn't last year. That could just spot up and hit some threes if Kate threw him the ball, and you know that's going to open things up for him this year. Uh, the six to sixteen shooting, that's not something that I'm you know completely you know worried about or anything. I, I think he obviously needs to be more efficient. I think that will come as he settles in. Uh, and, and is able to get more comfortable with the guys he's out on the floor with. I mean, he's sharing a backcourt with a new partner and Bogdanovich is getting a lot of looks. So Bogdanovich and Cunningham had the same amount of shots. They each had 16 attempts uh, from the field. But for K to come out, not have his best game, still finish with 18 and 10, and the Pistons were still able to get a win, uh, that's pretty dang good uh, for, for the Pistons. That's a really good thing to see that, you know, last year it was Cade has to flirt with a triple-double and he's got to get you 25 for this team to really have a chance most nights. That maybe doesn't have to be the case this year with some of these uh, uh, other players in the fold. And I, I'm, I'm very okay with the way Cade Cunningham played yesterday. wasn't perfect by any stretch of the imagination, uh, but he, he was just fine out there. And again, he finished strong, which a lot of people will argue is, is more important than the way you finish, or excuse me, than the way you start.
0: 100 percent and you saw exactly why he and ivy are makes so much sense as a pairing uh you know maybe somebody will come up with a better nickname for this backcourt i i came up with one last night they're sizzling steak baby they just go together jaden ivy's the sizzle he's all that fun stuff he's he's the energy he's the you know going to the basket and and it seems like he just won the NBA championship after every make. And Cade Cunningham's the stake, man. He is just that grounded. He's the he's the thing that just keeps it all together. He's always there. He's consistent. He's always calm. He's always cool, always collected. Um, I mean, yeah, Jaden Ivey does all the stuff that you just, that makes basketball fun to watch. And Cade Cunningham does all the stuff. That makes you win basketball games. And for me, they are just, you You see the vision. You immediately see the vision when they're out there on the court together because they're like two sides, uh, not two sides of the same coin. They're they're like sizzle and steak, man. They're not the same thing. They're completely different, but they go together perfectly.
1: They are the perfect yin and yang duo. The, the things that Ivy does, obviously different than Cunningham, but you pair them together and they just they just work. They work, and that's exciting for Detroit. I think it's really, really exciting in terms of Detroit trying to compete this year, and I don't know how much I buy into that because I hear the way that Troy Weaver and Dwayne Casey talk, and their minds certainly seem convinced that this is going to be another losing season where – They want to try to compete more, but they're not necessarily placing an emphasis on winning or getting to the playoffs. The players, on the other hand, have obviously spoken more about winning, as you would expect. You're not going to hear them come out and say, yeah, you know, we just want to get a little bit better, but we know we're going to be a lottery team. I think seeing these rookies come in and look so capable of giving this team big minutes on a nightly basis. Is, is the takeaway from yesterday's game. Yes, they won. You know, I like Orlando. I think Orlando and Detroit are really in similar positions. Where They, they both have some really intriguing young cores. They're each capable of taking, a, would say, a significant leap. And the Pistons were able to come out on top and, and get the win. But seeing Ivy and seeing Duran really lead this team, was just so encouraging to me, and I think for Detroit to have two rookies where, as a team that's so young, as a team that is placing an emphasis on their young core, playing their young core, and maybe even sacrificing competing to a point so that they can play these young guys, I think them looking so ready to contribute on a nightly basis will make this season a little bit more uh, satisfying for, for the for the, for the Pistons, for the fans, because they look like guys that can contribute to winning. Maybe they're not perfect. Ivy is certainly going to make mistakes. Duran is certainly going to make mistakes, but they're going to make significant strides to help this team compete. And Ivy looks like a guy that that I think could win rookie of the year. Uh, it's just too bad. Paulo Van looks like he's a five, six-year NBA veteran who's been to
0: the All-Star. I was going to say... I was going to say too bad that he had to go up against the guy on the other side of the floor, who to me is probably going to win rookie of the year. Paulo was wow. Uh, I mean, hard to say too many good things about what Paulo did last night. Uh, Aaron, I think that's a good opportunity for us to kind of transition into maybe some of the less great aspects of last night's game, because we definitely were very excited about everything we saw, but it was far from perfect from Detroit. Um, You know, fun to win that game, really exciting. Uh, They barely beat an Orlando Magic team that was without their starting backcourt. And that is not an amazing sign for your future competitiveness. Uh, Neither is coming out in the first quarter and immediately falling behind by 15 points. Uh, That's also not a good sign. Uh, The things we said defensively about this team in preseason, I don't really feel any differently about it after the first game, uh, their transition defense is horrible. It's really, really bad. And they're going to give up a lot of points in transition this year. Uh, I thought that their half-court defense wasn't much better. And this is, to me, a good opportunity to transition into talking about Sadiq Bey. Because he, to me, uh, really did not have his best game last night. Uh, Obviously, offensively, he wasn't a huge factor eight points on on two of five shooting he didn't hit either of his three six rebounds three assists um but he got blown by a lot of times as the individual defender i i really was not not thrilled with his output last night and even from the rookies we saw a little bit of that uh there was a point in the third quarter i believe it was when they were still no sorry fourth quarter when they were still switching everything and jade and ivy uh, and Isaiah Stewart got mixed up, gave up an open three. The 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 magic didn't hit it, but you could just see Jaden Ivey didn't know what he was doing. And it was funny because he had a, a a great play on the other end of the floor and he was celebrating. He walks over to the bench and he's immediately getting chewed out by the coaches for the defensive laps that he had a couple possessions earlier. Uh, I, that kind of cracked me up. But yeah, I, I think defensively, I was very unimpressed with Detroit last night. Uh, especially, like I said, against a team without either of their ostensible starting backcourt. Yeah,
1: I mean, the defensive walls, we talked about them in the preseason, and again, they weren't great last night on the defensive side of the floor. I think you did a good job talking about it. I don't want to, I don't really have anything else to add because we've talked about it, you know, in in the preseason and you just talked about it again, and I agree with you on all fronts. Uh, For me, the thing that stood out to me the most this team's going to have to hit a lot of outside shots to compete in these games. One, because their defense is so bad. And two, because look, they started out the game. 0 of eight from beyond the arc. Then they shot nearly 50% in the West rest of the way through, you know, ended up shooting 14 of 38 from the three point line. This is a team that is going to have to hoist and they're going to have to make a lot of three pointers to compete in games because their defense is so bad and they don't seem, Fully in tune on that side of the floor. I'm also shocked that it was this quiet of a game for Sadiq Bay. I mean, eight points, six rebounds, only five shot attempts. Like, this is a guy that scored 51 against this same team last season. And he just looked invisible out there, which is not something that we really say about Sadiq Bay a whole lot, because most of the case last year was even if Sadiq Bey didn't have a big scoring game, he still got up 14 shots a game. Like he was still going to go out there and get some shots up. And we saw, and it looks like this year with guys like Ivy, with guys like Bogdanovich now flanking him in the starting lineup, guys that score in their own ways. If Sadiq Bey's not going to step up and go create some offense for himself, there's a greater chance that he kind of falls behind in this unit and, you know, looks a bit more invisible. And if that's the case, and he's not going to contribute for you defensively, which I still think is probably the most disappointing thing about his game. Forget his shortcomings offensively. I think you have the physique, the strength, the uh, the, the ability that Sique Bay has, the intangibles that he has. And for him to be, you know, so underwhelming on that side of the floor for him to just get blown by so easily. Like that's disappointing to me. Uh, it's, Oh, people are going to get worried about Sadiq Bay. If things that happened in the Orlando game continue.
0: Yeah. And when hey, so- look, there's been, there's been a lot of talk about Boyan Bogdanovich going to the bench when, uh, uh Marvin Bagley comes back. Um, is, is, Boyan, the guy that should go to the bench if they're inserting Marvin Bagley into the starting lineup? I
1: don't know. I saw last night from some different, you know, just from different tweets on Twitter, different stuff in the Pistons community. A lot of the word was, Boyan Bogdanovich is doing a lot of the things Sadiq Bey was supposed to be doing, and he's doing them better. Mm -hmm. So, to me, if the Pistons want to get Bagley out there, if they want to get Livers out there, do they look at Sadiq Bey and say, hey, our second unit really could use a guy that could be a bit more of a go to scorer? I, I don't know. I'm not, I don't want to get too ahead of myself.
0: No, that. and neither do I. I'm, I'm just throwing that out there. I'm, exactly. I'm saying, you know, Marvin Bagley's out for the next month, at least. At and least the I'll next put month.
1: this out there as well. I'd much rather have Sadiq Bey in the starting lineup over Marvin Bagley because I don't oh, see yeah. what Marvin Bagley solves for you. And, and that might be a question that we have to have at a later time. Yeah. If that's, God, that's like, a few future Noel podcasts to contribute. If Norleans Noel is gonna come back and get some minutes and contribute. What happens with Isaiah Livers if he comes back and contributes? That's a discussion for a later point in time. But yes, Sadiq Bey invisible last night doesn't have to be a huge story yet. It's one game, the Pistons won, everything's fine and dandy in Detroit right now but it is something to keep an eye on because it was obvious that he was not the place at the same level of last year, where he was one of their guys that was going to get shots, no matter what boy, Donovich, Jaden, Ivy, Kate Cunningham. And now it's more of a fight for Sadiq Bay to uh, align himself in the offense with some, some more scoring options
0: out there than the team had last season. Yeah, and, and look, we're not making any big declarations about Sadiq Bey here. It is one game, but I think it's something to keep an eye on, just to see how this starting lineup kind of gels over the next couple of weeks. Uh, you know, you still have livers out uh, with a hip injury. You never know with hips, man. Uh, you still have Alec Burks out for again. We don't exactly know how much longer. So there are going to be you know plenty of opportunities for Sadiq Bey in the starting lineup. He was also the last guy off the floor for Detroit in the first quarter. So having him play with those backups a little bit, presenting that shooting threat, I think that's a good thing. I did like what he did inside the arc. I thought he had a really, uh, I thought he had some really good takes. Uh, the, The two field goals that he did score were both inside the paint. And I thought that they were, they were good looking takes. So I liked that part of his game, but yeah, the defense did not look great. Um, and definitely an underwhelming performance from him offensively. A lot of good, some not so good from this this first Pistons game. I definitely am anticipating the return of Burks and Livers uh, because I thought that that second unit looked extremely limited in the third quarter from an offensive perspective. I mean, they just could not get anything going. Without Killian Hayes being able to provide any sort of a legitimate scoring threat off the bounce, that offense just stagnated. Uh, they had nowhere to go. And I think having somebody like Alec Burks back in the lineup, somebody like Isaiah Livers back in the lineup opens up that floor. Um, you know, Kevin Knox had a had a turnover uh, where <laughs> where he was passing it to the corner because that's where Hamadou Diallo he thought should be. But Hamadou Diallo's cutting to the basket because, well, that's where Hamadou Diallo should be. And that's not a problem that's going to happen if Isaiah Livers is on the floor. Um, and same with Alec Burks. That's just not going to be an issue when either of those players are on the floor for you, providing that spacing, providing that scoring bounce off the dribble, uh, I think that those are two guys that they really, really miss right now. I I don't don't... know how much they miss in Noel. I don't know how much they miss Marvin Bagley. But those two, for sure, they're going to make a huge, huge difference when they come back. I agree. I agree. I actually have more of
1: an overarching discussion point with this second unit, mm. I cannot, for the life of me, understand the the year after year decision making to run a full five man bench unit all the time. I do not understand the decision to not stagnate some of your guys. That's the perfect opportunity to get Sadiq Bay some more looks. They did it in the first quarter. Yeah, but it it was like for the first couple minutes or for the first, you know, for the last few minutes of the first quarter. And then the second quarter started and it was all bench unit. Yeah, I, I just think this team, you know, especially right now with the lack of options that they have in the second unit could benefit from playing Sadiq with the second unit could benefit from playing Isaiah livers a little bit or excuse me, Isaiah Stewart, a little bit in the second unit, like get some of these different guys with this second unit maybe you want to keep Ivy and K together for whatever reason. But if you are a group that is limited offensively in the second unit, like, I'm sorry, but you talked about that play with Hamadou Diallo. It's like Kevin Knox is looking for him in the corner because offensively, schematically, that's where Hamadou Diallo should be. But in Hamadou Diallo's world, as a guy that, that, you know, might go one of 10 from the three-point line. Hamadou Diallo should be locked away in the paint and shouldn't be allowed to leave that the, the painted area. So it, it just creates an issue for Detroit. Uh, I think stagnating some of these guys. Like in my mind, uh, I would be bringing Sadiq Bay out first. Like Sadiq Bay might play the first six minutes of the first quarter. He might come out and start the second quarter with with my second unit. Just finding a way to get some of your higher end talent always out on the court. You know, I, I think you see the best teams in the league do that. These guys, these teams that have good players, stagnate them so that these guys can get their own looks, have a bigger role at certain situations throughout the game. And it just improves the team's uh, overall talent on the quarter at all times. I just think it makes sense for Detroit. I think it's so outdated to be, I have two five man units, they're going to all play together. And, you know, that's it. I, I think the Pistons, Dwayne Casey, have to forego that they're not because Dwayne Casey's not done that in his time with the Pistons. It has been way more minutes with your two five-man units than it's been, you know, integrating some of the starters with the the second unit. I just think it's 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 yeah. mind-boggling, especially with how banged up Detroit's second unit is. You know, you're playing Kevin Knox, you're playing Habadu Diallo. Hell, you, you know, before last night, you were playing a rookie that was 18 years old, the youngest player in the league. Like, obviously. Jalen Dern came out and contributed more than anyone in the second unit. But going into last night,
0: you weren't expecting that. No, and- it, you're, you're you're completely correct, Aaron. And look, you even saw it. It's like you you had times in the in the in the quarters where you had Jaden Ivy taking over, and you had K Cunningham standing in the corner, not really doing anything. And it's like, why not stagger those lineups so you can give Jaden Ivy primary ball handler minutes with your second unit that desperately needs somebody who can score off the bounce, could use some transition scoring. And then when Cade comes back on, you can have him take back over and have Ivy play more off ball. To me, that just seems obvious, but I'm not Dwayne Casey. So uh, I don't know. Um,
1: Neither of us are. Neither of us are. The Pistons play a doubleheader this weekend, Friday and Saturday back-to-back starts off against the New York Knicks. So we got a couple more games ahead of us before our next podcast. Hopefully we'll have – mike Angelano with us for next week's show that is going to wrap it up for us we just went all the way through the pistons season opener and a win against the orlando magic jasper thanks so much for joining me always a blast with you my friend the pistons get a win to start off the season thanks so much for listening to this week's edition of the palace of pistons podcast brought to you by bet online and believe we will see you guys next week